This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Scouting Combine in Indianapolis gives coaches, owners, and GMs the opportunity to speak. But when they speak, players have the opportunity to clap back. And that has happened now in a big way with one of the more controversial topics we continue to talk about from the Combine. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. That's right. We went straight from Greeny to here. We are with you for every single second of this. We would not miss our own show. We love doing it too much. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, the big news, the big news. We always uh, we always listen to what GMs have to say. Eric DaCosta, the GM of the Ravens at the Combine, when asked about problems drafting wide receivers, said, and this is a quote, If I had an answer, that would probably mean I would have some better receivers. We're going to keep swinging. There have been some guys that have been successful players for us that were draft picks. We never really hit on that all-pro type of guy, which is disappointing. But it's not for lack of effort. It's one of those anomalies that I really can't explain other than to say that we're not going to stop trying. We're going to keep swinging, and hopefully at one of these points, we're going to hit the ball out of the park. Well, that's that's a very honest statement about what they think of their wide receivers which means one of their wide receivers is going to clap back, and that has happened. Rashad Bateman just tweeted this, quote, How about you play to your players' strengths and stop pointing the finger at us at number eight? Blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24-7 and keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happens. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. That's a staggeringly honest clapback from a wide receiver. Welcome to 2023, ladies and gentlemen. These players, hey, they mommy and daddy didn't raise no mute. They gonna speak their mind. And I love every bit of it. See, my grandma used to tell me, Fitz, tell the truth and shame the devil. Tell the truth and shame the devil. I, I hear you, Rashad Bateman. But he's referencing Greg Roman. Right? In the offensive system. The lack of the passing game. Now, Rashad Bateman, he was injured some last year. Granted, I understand that. But there's a reason why Todd Munkin is now the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. And a guy that I played for, which happens to be the head coach in Tampa, where Todd Munkin was the OC there. And when I talked to him about Munkin, he said, yeah, the pass game will now be up to this century. And I thought that was big. Because I played against Greg Roman when he was with San Francisco. I've seen a lot of his games when he was with the Baltimore Ravens. And the pass game just, you know, the lack of pass game these last few years that we've seen with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. But granted, a lot of it was because of design or the lack of design and also the weapons. Didn't we just hear the general manager for the Cincinnati Bengals say, tell, I'll tell all the other teams, go find your own T. Higgins? Now, the Baltimore Ravens, they struggled in that at that position, the wide receiver position, which I don't understand because the Pittsburgh Steelers, all they do is hit on that position. Whether it's guys in the first round, second round, undrafted free agents, late round picks. I believe in Rashad Bateman, but also the system has to allow you to believe in the coaching staff, though. And the system that they had before Todd Munkin got there was predicated off the run game more so utilizing your tight ends. That's what Rashad Bateman is talking about, the system. 
when I look at the Baltimore Ravens, I have to ask a question. Why do you get so much benefit of the doubt in all of this? What has Baltimore done that makes all of us think that none of this lays squarely at their feet? And frankly, for DaCosta to come out and say, well, I don't really have an answer, is unacceptable. It's easier than ever now to draft a wide receiver. Every year that we host draft broadcasts, I have to sit there and say, this is the most stacked wide receiver class we've ever seen. So you're not just swinging and missing. You're borderline incompetent when it comes to actually analyzing this one position. You are incapable of finding the talent. Or, or everybody in that room that universally made the decision to bring in those coaches and those schemes are failing the talent that walks into that room. Either way, when I look at all of this, we want to sit here and talk about what the players aren't doing. We want to sit here and talk about what Lamar's not doing. When are we going to sit down and talk about the organizational decisions made when it comes to coaching, when it comes to scheme, and when it comes to scouting? Because the Ravens continually fail at offense, and they continually fail at the wide receiver position, and we continually say, oh, it's everybody else's fault. No, it's not. It's Baltimore's fault. And I'll tell you, Fitz, I remember, I vividly remember being on first take last year it was me and Swagoo, and we had this conversation about Lamar, about the coaching staff, and I, I remember saying on that on that first take appearance that when are the Baltimore Ravens going to innovate from a passing standpoint? When are they going to put Lamar Jackson in a situation to where he can grow as a quarterback? Because I thought they weren't allowing that to happen because of the offensive system and how predicated it was on the run game and not towards – you know, pass patterns and, you know, certain route combinations and things of that nature. Well, we're sitting here looking at the Ravens offense and saying, well, they must be doing that because that's all Lamar Jackson can do. What if they're doing that because that's all their coaches have been able to do? Well, you know what? That's a lie because, see, me and Lamar Jackson had the same college coach, Bobby Petrino, in college. So I've seen a lot of his games. I know Bobby Petrino's system. Now, it was tailored a little bit because of Lamar Jackson's skill set. But a lot of the things that we ran, they ran as well. And I came in NFL ready because of my college system. So I don't want to hear that nonsense. It feels like for all of this, we look for reasons to blame the guys that want to get paid. We look for reasons to blame the guys that are out there as the face of the franchise. And what's amazing to me is you got Eric DaCosta, the GM, saying, well, if I had an answer, probably mean I would have better receivers. Hey, that's not a good Can, enough answer. Well, to like. Then why do you have a job? Like, if, if you can't in, figure it out, why do you have a job? If you're in a receiver on that roster, I would feel some type of way. Because your general manager can't come out and say that. Now, he, he, now you, if you want to say it behind closed doors, then that's fine. You can't go out on the, on the circuit that he's on and say that. Now you see what it calls, right? You see what Rashad Bateman did. And, tweet, 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 tweet. And then on top of that, like, we never put any of this blame on Harbaugh. Like, we're acting like Harbaugh is just sitting back with his feet up saying, well, golly, gee, guys, I don't have any control on my coaching staff. I I can't help what they want to do on offense. It's just, you know, I'm just doing the best. I, like, I've never seen a coach that has a quarterback that's a former MVP with an offense that's literally not been developed the right way. And every smart football mind I can talk to is telling me, man, they're not taking advantage of it. And we're just sitting here leaving coach in this blameless little bubble. No, I'm about to dive deeper, Fitz. I'm about to dive deeper. You notice Rashad Bateman mentioned Lamar Jackson, right? What's going on right now in Baltimore? They're, on, they're not on the same page when it comes to contract negotiations. Those players going to rock with eight. They're going to rock with Lamar Jackson. 
Now, what you don't want to do as a Baltimore, as an organization in the front office for the Baltimore Ravens and coaching staff is have those players started going all on Lamar Jackson's side and next thing you know, nobody trusts you around there. I mean, Because that's what I'm seeing right now from Rashard Bateman. He just went to bat for number eight. Along with the offensive system and, and, and the receivers, he just went to bat for number eight, Lamar Jackson. He did not have to put eight in that tweet, Harry. You're no, right. No, he didn't. This is a mutiny starting where you've got guys taking sides, and it's clear what side that they're going to be on. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm just – it blows my mind. We live in a world where I watched Get Up this morning, and there, there was a real conversation between Orlovsky and Graziano about whether or not you can even trust to bring Aaron Rodgers into some locker rooms because of everything that goes with it, and will he lose the locker room? And we talk about this all the time. Carson Wentz, a teammate that people just didn't seem want to gravitate to. You've got a quarterback that's a former MVP that the guys that know him better – the person whose actual money, his ability to feed his family is tied in to whether or not his quarterback is capable is out here putting that quarterback in that tweets. They said after the playoff game, if we would have had Lamar Jackson, we would have won the game. What more do you need? You got players that played in the game. If we would have had Lamar Jackson, we would have beat the Cincinnati Bengals. What what in the hell more do you need? You got rookie, rookie receivers in the Jets last year that were throwing Zach Wilson under the bus for not being able to throw the ball with touch. You got plenty of receivers in today's culture that are faster than ever to come out and speak their mind about where the failings are. But Mm -hmm. that also means that they have every opportunity. Like if Rashad Bateman thought that number eight was holding him back, he could have left him out of that tweet. If he could have thrown a a total another tweet at like, hey, give me a quarterback that could throw the football. He could have done a million different things. Instead, this is the tweet from Rashad Bateman. How about you play to your player's strength and stop pointing the finger at us in number eight? I'll stop the tweet right there. What is he saying right there? This conversation that, well, they're running the offense the way they have to because that's what Lamar's uh, capable of. How about you play to your players' strengths and stop pointing the finger at us and number eight? That tells you the locker room doesn't even believe the offense is being designed right for their quarterback. I said one more time, and my grandma told me this as a young kid, tell the truth and shame the devil. I ended with that. It's, it, this is this is not going anywhere. This is a loud, definitive statement from a player directly clapping back to their GM, and this is a locker room saying, "Nah, you can you." There's a lot of ownership on this, but I'm not taking it. Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? Go to progressive.com/careers and apply online today. Bundle today at progressive.com. I can promise you, over the course of the next three hours, as anything breaks in Indianapolis. We will break it to you directly here. You will not miss a single beat when it comes to any of the news happening in the NFL today around the scouting combine. But in the meantime, Kevin Durant made his son's debut last night. I'm going to tell you why. They are headed to the NBA Finals. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. top of the arc. He turns and drives on Oubre. Jumper up from the free throw line. Good again for KD, who's got it cooking in the fourth. He's 10 out of 14 on the night. 23 points. Pretty cool to be able to, you know, give the guy the ball and he can get to his spot and, and get a really good shot. And I just I thought the, the team fed off of him. Today I was nervous. You know, I was, it's a new team, new group. I want to do well. I'm glad my knee's back right. And I'm looking forward to a week to build from this. We had all our eyes last night on the Suns and the debut of KD. None of it disappointed. 
And it only strengthened my opinion that the Suns are headed to the NBA Finals. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance. Again, the big controversy this morning, Rashad Bateman has gone to Twitter to clap back at Eric DaCosta, the GM of the Ravens, about uh, the assertion that the Ravens have, that their weapons haven't been good enough. It is a pretty damning conversation going back and forth as he's very clear uh, that he thinks the organization might want to look at the coaches. So uh, it, it is a clear and very present clap back on it. We're going to take some of your calls on a triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Actually, Harry, why don't we, uh, I know we're going to talk KD in a second. You want to take a call? Let's take a call. We got, somebody's calling yeah. from Atlanta. When you call from Atlanta, you get in on the show when you got right. Harry Douglas on it. Julius in Atlanta, what do you got, man? Thanks. What, what's your take on Lamar Jackson's? Man, what's going on, AD? How you doing, Harry, man? I appreciate y'all taking my call. This is my thing. I didn't seen two quarterbacks get paid $50 million this year who was past their prime. One in Aaron Rodgers, and his teammates didn't even like him. Y'all talking about Lamar Jackson. Y'all not going to give this man his money. And not only is he one of the most best players in the NFL, locker room, he no off-the-field issues. What's the problem? Y'all can't get him, y'all, the wide receiver. Get rid of the Costa. When when Newsom was there, they was good. I think it's the Costa fault. They not they not playing to the strengths, man. I'm, I'm with Rashad, man. Bring him to Thanks for the call, Julius. Hey, Harry, did you ever see the movie Elf? Yes. Okay. So there's a scene in Elf where they're trying to figure out their best, like their new book uh, suggestion, right? And the Mm -hmm. two writers come in, and their suggestion is to bring in another writer. And it's sort of a joke. You're like, so my two best writers want me to bring in somebody else, uh, Fink, that they brought in to write the the last book. That's what I think DaCosta needs to do here. Sit down with the whole staff and say, what's what are we doing at wide receiver? And then just outsource it. Like at this point, if you can't hit it in the in the draft with the wide receiver position, and frankly, it's easier than ever to get a wide receiver in the draft. I gotta keep stressing that. Then, man, maybe you just need to, like, outsource to a third party. To, like, call Harry Douglas. Be like, Harry, what wide receiver should we draft this year? I can't think of any other reason that they can't get it figured out. Maybe if it's a DaCosta problem, maybe he just needs to bring in help. Well, and we do have some new breaking news because, oh. Oh. you know, Rashad Bateman decided he wanted to delete his tweet. Uh-uh! Uh-uh! Oh, no! Damage, you trying to damage control. Uh-uh! It's already out there, baby. It's already out there. Man, you you can't you can't delete the tweet. Oh. Now, did, did, I'm wondering if did DaCosta sent him a text message and say, "All right, now we're gonna cut your ass. We're gonna be on that trade block." Is I it, wonder if he got that text message from who text like from a player standpoint. Who do you think sends that? Is it is it the organization or is it his agent that sends him a text and is like, "Um, hey, buddy, uh, maybe we want to take that down." Maybe. Oh, it's probably his agent, probably his team around him. Oh, you might not want to tweet that now. He's getting it, and this was the tweet, by the way. You can delete it, Rashad Bateman, but we've but still, we've seen it. We've we've still seen got copy and paste it, on our screen. How about so? This is the tweet. How about you play to your players' strengths and stop pointing the finger at us at number eight? Blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24 7 and keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happens. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. Oh, you can't. I mean, you no, can, no, no, no. That's not it, though. But that was followed up by another tweet that said, since we speaking, <laughs> since we speaking, oh, hey, you ain't to delete that one. You got to delete that one too, right? I mean. Then, but then he had another one that says, my, my apologies. Uh-uh. Too late now, baby. I mean. It's too late. 
Too I, late. You found out everything you needed to know from that immediate reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you found out everything. that's how he really feels. Uh, that's how he really feels. And y'all can chime in on this. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. I know I said we get to the Suns. We will. Uh, but, I, but, but, but I love what Julia said, though, because... When you have a guy, Lamar Jackson, who has been everything to your organization, he's the face of your franchise, he doesn't have the off-the-field issues, if you're not going to pay him, what's going to make everyone else in that locker room? You're not going to pay a guy who has done everything the right way. What makes everyone else in that locker room think that when they're up, you're going to pay them? I mean, nothing. There is no assurance. Like, and, and then you start thinking about the sides that, that are taken, and you know this from being – in a locker room. This is not the only, by the way, controversy the Ravens are facing. Is uh, There's an NFL Players Association survey that went out to every player in the league, and they actually graded teams across the board in several categories, treatments of of families, I should say, food, weights, strength coaches, training rooms, so on and so forth. For strength coaches, they ranked 32, 32nd out of 32 teams, with an F-minus Great. I didn't even know you could get an F minus. Like Baltimore, the players who are all, every single player uh, chimed in on this and voted on this for the NFLPA. The players gave them an F minus for strength coaches, a C for the training room, a C plus for the weight room, a, a C plus for the treatment of family. Like those are the variables you can control. And, and you know, I'm looking at the Ravens organization saying that tells me guys that are there, guys that know the organization are thinking, ah, it's meh when it comes to the way that we feel about this place every single day on top of this other stuff. Well, I mean, if that many guys are talking like that about the strength and conditioning coaches, then they must be some complete a-holes. Like, seriously. Like, they must think everything is about them because one thing I do know about a weight room, everybody's body is different. And just because you have certain things on a car doesn't mean that's the best for that person's body and his workouts. I went through that when I was with the Atlanta Falcons. Our strength coach we had early on, he was a complete a-hole, right? But then we got Tony Gonzalez. Then we drafted Julio Jones. Then we brought in Asante Samuel. And he thought everything was about him. But when you have a Julio Jones, a Tony Gonzalez, and Asante Samuel go up to that GM, Mm -hmm. uh, listen, boss, it's a different ball game there. He took Julio off the massage table one day, Fitz, off the massage table because he didn't want to do a certain workout on the card and wanted to do something else. Boy, did he mess up when he did that. Uh, you know, the the thing of it is control the controllables. They got right. rid of them, too. Uh, control the controllables. Uh, the NFL Players Association survey shows you, and several former players have chimed in on this, by the way, on social media, shows you that strength coaches, weight room, training room, these are controllables that are not being controlled the right way. And then control the controllables of your conversation. You are held to a certain standard when you are a GM or a coach. You know your words are going to be dissected at everything you say, just like if you're a quarterback. When you are the GM of the Baltimore Ravens and you come out and you essentially say, hey, I don't know why we can't get it right at the wide receiver position, but we're sure as heck going to keep trying. You've told your fan base you can't identify where your failing is, which I think is an absolute problem. And you've told every wide receiver on that roster that they are part of the failing. We should not be surprised when a wide receiver hears that 
and wants to clap back about the 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 systems, the coaching, and everything else that's in place. You guys want to chime in on it? We're going to let you. I, I promise you. We've promised you since day one. This show is a community. You get to be involved in that next. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. So many of you are on hold. I promise we will get to all of you. We're going to let you guys take over your thoughts on the Ravens, given the Rashad Bateman tweets and where we are today. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. It becomes Fitz and Harry and all of you next on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Just when you thought things couldn't get more tense in Baltimore, they have this morning. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The Combine gives team representatives the opportunity to speak. And that means you're going to get some insight. And insight we we expected to get from the Ravens would be on where they are with their contract situation. But there was a specific question asked of GM Eric DaCosta that has caused a clapback and a controversy. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Guys, this is what Eric DaCosta said when he was asked about their issues trying to figure out how to evaluate wide receivers. I would say a lot of people would say the same thing. It's a challenging position to evaluate in different ways. Um, I don't have a, If I had an answer, that means I would probably have some better receivers, I guess. Um, we keep trying. You know, I think there's a lot of things that go along with that position. Sometimes it's, it is tied to the quarterback. Um, and I think it's tied to things like durability. It's tied to you know, a lot of things. Um, we're going to keep swinging, you know. Uh, there have been some guys that, you know, have been successful players for us that were draft picks. Uh, we've never really hit on that all-pro type of guy, which is disappointing, I would say. But it's not for lack of effort. We believe in what we do. We believe in our scouting. We believe in the system that we have, the scouting system that we have. Um, it's one of those anomalies that I really can't explain other than to say we're not going to stop trying. We're going to keep trying. If we've drafted, I don't know, Chad would probably know, but probably at least five or six receivers in the last four years, maybe. Um, we're going to just keep swinging, and, and hopefully at one of these points we'll hit the ball out of the park. Did he throw a subliminal message at Lamar Jackson, too? It wasn't even subliminal, was it? You're right. It was out, it was out in the open. I mean, uh, I'm going I'm to try – well, I'm going to play a little of this again. I'm going to see if I can stop it. This is going to take skill. I don't know if I have it at the board. But, Harry, I'm going to stop it at the moment where your face just went wild if you're watching this in the ESPN app. This is Eric DaCosta, Ravens GM, specifically answering the question of why they haven't been able to nail it at the wide receiver position, and there's a stunning portion of this. I would say a lot of people would say the same thing. It's a challenging position to evaluate in different ways. Um, I don't have a, if I had an answer, that means I would probably have some better receivers, I guess. Um, we keep trying, you know, I think there's a lot of things that go along with that position. Sometimes it's, it is tied to the quarterback. I mean, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Man, not only is he pooping on the receivers that he does have, he's kind of pooping on his quarterback. You know, sometimes it's tied to the quarterback. Whoa. That, that's not where you want to be if you're a GM for the Ravens right now, Eric DaCosta. That's not, that, I'm, I'll be honest with you. That's not where you want to be. That, 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 that's just, those are things you just can't say out in the open. Here is the response from Rashad Bateman, a first-round pick of the Ravens in 2021, who, by the way, had a really, really incredible college career at times. Like, uh, Rashad Bateman, a special player in college. Here's his response. 
How about you play to your players' strengths and stop pointing the fingers at us in number eight? He wrote on Twitter alluding to this. Blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24-7 and keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happens. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying and capping for no on players for no reason. We're going to take your guys' uh, thoughts on this. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It feels like whatever the little tiny burn was in Baltimore just turned into a full-on fire right now. Shane and Indy, thanks for calling Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Shane, what you got? What's your thoughts? Hey, Fitz and Harry, love the show. Um, I just got two words to say to DaCosta. Hollywood Brown. You say you can't draft receivers. You say you can't get good receivers. Hollywood Brown, I don't think he was wanting out of there because of the quarterback. I think he was wanting out of there because of the offense. If you get rid of this prehistoric offense and put in someone that can call plays that's actually from the 21st century, then you might be able to draft some wide receivers and keep some wide receivers happy and, and make pay that man his money, as they say from one of my favorite movie writers. Pay that man his money. That's a great point because, see, now things are coming back full circle. Hollywood Brown requested a trade. He wanted to get out of Baltimore. And it was nothing to do with Lamar Jackson, right? Him and Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown are really close. They had a lot to do with the system. He felt like it wasn't, you know, a place for a wide receiver from a system per, uh, perspective. And now you have Rashad Bateman coming out and saying this from two things that I can understand where Rashad Bateman felt like his GM took his shot. They haven't been able to find the receivers, him saying that. And also durability has been an issue, right? Because Rashad Bateman was hurt last year for some of the year. And that will pertain towards him. By the way, you and I were covering the draft when Hollywood Brown was traded, and some people immediately said, well, he doesn't want to play with Lamar, which Hollywood immediately came out and said there's absolutely no truth to. I love Lamar. Uh, anybody that's been around Lamar will tell you that none of that. That was a, a manufactured story at the time. Trey in Ohio. Let's get to Trey. Trey, what do you got, man? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, man. Thank you, Fitz and Harry. The show is great. I love it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Just Thanks, two man. things really quick, man. Um, as regards to DeCastro on the receiver thing, the Ravens have been great at drafting number two option receivers. Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman are great number twos. But you have to go out and get a number one. The Bills didn't draft the number one. They went out and got Stephon Diggs. That's the first thing. The second thing, with Lamar Jackson, you guys would have had almost a lot to be in the Super Bowl if you just would have paid the man. I mean, I think Trey's, Trey's thought there being that maybe he comes back if he's if he's been paid. I, I still think, you know, Lamar's health, uh, I don't want to be flippant with that, but I, I it's a good point. And frankly, not the only one number one receiver that was traded for. Devontae also on that list. You can go up and down. There go ahead. Go. Yeah. I was going to go Devontae. I was going to go Tyreek Hill. Also, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs. All of these guys that we're mentioning right now, top five in the NFL in receiving yards. So he does have a point. Justin Jefferson, he was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, who also do you have? But but look at look at that, Harry. Any of these players you just mentioned were acquired in trade yeah. means that the Ravens could have acquired them. Like that that's True. it's that simple. Like it, if you're having a hard time drafting them, like what did the Eagles do with Jalen Hurts? They drafted a wide receiver and then they went out and they traded for a wide receiver to give him the weapons. Yep. Could they not have done the same thing in Baltimore if they knew what they were doing? <laughs> Oh God, you are not you're, you're not wrong about that. Uh, at, at, at that position, because there are other positions that they hit on, right? Just wide receiver hasn't been the one for them. It just hasn't. Hollywood Brown, by the way, tweeted and since deleted 
let him cook. So even even playing somewhere else, like you got all these guys oh, tweeting oh, it and deleting it. Uh, uh, let I mean, him cook. I mean, either he's, uh, yeah, so it feels oh, like it. Oh, cook. Say, speak your mind. Tell the truth and shame the devil. You know what grandma used to tell me. Yeah, uh, grandma, that's what grandma used to tell me. Tell the truth, shut damn boy. I don't want to cut. Shame I, the devil. I don't want to cut any of you guys off, and so many of you are on hold. We're going to let you keep talking about this. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Fitz and Harry brought to you by Wendy's. Two for six bucks, the best deal in fast food. Right now, uh, things have, are more tumultuous than I've ever seen between star players and an organization, and it is absolutely taking over. We're going to continue to hear from you next. Uh, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your thoughts on the Ravens next. It's Fitz and Harry. And y'all on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. With Lamar Jackson, there is going to be a lot of drama in the coming weeks, if not months. He should stand firm, put his feet in the ground, and say, hey, look, I need the guaranteed money. I'm not willing to go ahead and play this thing out year to year. If he decides they're not going to give me what I want, I don't want to be here, he needs to demand a trade. Why would he take a discount in this situation when there are other viable teams that would treat him better and pay him every penny he wants? Like, why would you take less than that to stay with Baltimore? Just when you thought it couldn't get more tense in Baltimore, it has. Because now it's not just the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. It's the Ravens and their offense. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Eric DaCosta is the Ravens GM. Speaking of the Combine, when asked about their inability to find great wide receivers, he came out with an answer that, at least in perception, looks like maybe he's saying they just don't have that guy and uh, seems to throw some shade at their quarterback and their receivers in the process, to which one of their guys, Ravens Rashad Bateman, on a now-deleted tweet came out and said, how about you pay your players, play to your players' strengths, stop pointing the finger at us and number eight. Blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24-7. Keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happens. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. A very strong statement from a 2021 first-round draft pick that is standing up saying, wait, I can be that guy. It's you guys to prevent that from happening. We're letting you take over the show. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Bunch of you guys on call, on hold, I should say. Harry, who do you want to go to? Who are you, should, you got any preference on this one, Harry? Uh, mm, make the call, make the call, make the call. Just take one. Call. All right. Gotta I'll go to you. Coach Doc. Coach Doc in Houston. Coach, what you got? Hey, guys, what's going on? I, I, I love your show, man. Thanks. Hey, uh, I, I, I got to tell you guys, um, and uh, I think you guys know this because I'm pretty sure uh, with all the success that you guys have, you have done certain things uh, as far as small business and things like that. You got to look at it from this point. Coach, uh, Lamar Jackson, they tailored – I disagree with you guys. They tailored that offense around Lamar Jackson. That ta- that offense is tailored to him. He he had trouble uh, with throws within the fifteen to twenty five yard range. I'm not talking about throws beyond twenty five, but that fifteen to twenty five yard range, he had trouble with those throws. Now that fifteen yard to end range, he he was on point with those throws because of the threat of the run. So he saw bigger windows to throw the ball. What I disagree with too, also. With as far as the receivers, now the the GM he was wrong for saying it how he said it, but at the same time, Harry, you notice some of those receivers 
you know, their route running wasn't the greatest that, you know, you, you, you have seen with other players. I wouldn't say that they missed on any receivers. I would say maybe your receiver coach hasn't taught very well, you know, when it comes to them route running. There you go. But I wouldn't there pay you Lamar go. Jackson that kind of money either. I would pay him. I, now, he has to get more than Kyler Murray, but that's a, Kyler Murray's contract is a bad contract as well. So I, I so you pay him more than Kyler Murray, but I wouldn't pay no one no more than Kyler Murray, and then we'll go from there. But other, that's 231, that's an, that, that's an admiration. Uh, Coach, uh, appreciate the call. Uh, look, you just mentioned small business. I tell kids this all the time in the music business. Uh, you're not a musician. You're a small business owner. You're an entrepreneur, and you are your business. You are your brand. It's part of the uh, what you need to know if you want to make it in music. Uh, Lamar Jackson is his own small business. Like, don't We don't need to twist that for a single second. Lamar Jackson Incorporated is the business here. From a small business owner standpoint, why would he take anything less than market value if he believes there's even a single team out there in the world that will give him that market value? And, you know, if you're looking at it around from a business and you want your valuation, if you're sitting at Shark Tank, you only need one shark to say yes, and all of a sudden you're in business. If Lamar believes that even a single owner will give him what he wants, and, the, and if Lamar believes he's worth that, why would he take a dime less? Like, what's good for the Ravens' business is not good for Lamar Jackson's business. And by the way, if you're right and this offense is truly tailored to Lamar and he walks and takes his business elsewhere, takes his ball home and doesn't do anything, if that's Lamar's approach, what are the Ravens going to do there? In, in business negotiations, that's leverage. Like, I, I mean, Lamar can just walk away from this game if he chooses to. We, we may not ever acknowledge that, but... My guy made a lifetime worth of money last year. So I, I think you're underselling the amount of leverage that Omar has in this conversation. Well, and I will also say, yes, the offensive system is tailored around Lamar Jackson, and rightfully so. Just like the offensive system with the Philadelphia Eagles is tailored around Jalen Hurts. Just like the offensive system in Cincinnati is tailored around Joe Burrow and his skill set. Just like the offensive system in Buffalo is tailored around Josh Allen. But guess what all three of those guys have that Lamar Jackson doesn't have? The bona fide number ones and bona fide playmakers. And, and Rashard Bateman is good, but I, I I don't think the offensive system will allow his skill set to really show. But I'd seen it at Minnesota when he was there because we call it, cover college football. I've seen it at Minnesota. The other thing the coach just mentioned was inaccuracy with certain throws for Lamar. Were we not having the same conversations about the issues with Josh Allen, the passer, and Jalen Hurts, the passer, until they got great coaches and they got great weapons? Like, yep. it's all, it's no one thing. No one quarterback is without flaw. No one player is without, it, it takes all of it. You need a quarterback that's going to have a coaching staff and the weapons around him to accentuate what they need to have accentuated. Like, I, I think that's wildly underselling Lamar in this conversation. Let, let's go to Rich in California. Uh, Rich, thanks for calling the show, man. What do you got? Hey, guys, I love you guys. Thanks for taking my call. I just want to say something about uh, I disagree with uh, Lamar Jackson being a star player. I see flaws in his uh, in his throwing motion. I, I equivalent, He's equivalent to a Kaepernick, and Kaepernick did way more oh, than Lord. him already. I mean, he won more playoff well, games. I don't Rick, know how many I'm, playoff games. I'm sorry, games Rick. Lamar I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta, he won gotta, more playoff Go ahead, Just, just go give ahead. me a second. Give me a second. First of all, Lamar Jackson has won a playoff game. He beat the Tennessee Titans at home. And I would say this, uh, I played against Colin Kaepernick, lost to him in the NFC Championship game in 2012, seen him play multiple times, 
seen Lamar Jackson play multiple times. Colin Kaepernick is not a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. By any stretch of, a, of your imagination. And I just had to say that. I genuinely appreciate everybody that listens to this show. So I have to say that because to me, I'm not sure that there's a take I hate more in all of sports than coming at me with the playoff record. Like, okay, cool. Does that mean Trent Dilfer's better than Dan Marino because Dilfer won a Super Bowl? Like, this is stupid. Nobody is sitting here doubting whether or not Justin Herbert's going to get paid. What's his playoff resume look like? This is just selective ignorance to sit there and say that you can't pay somebody because they haven't won a playoff game. Maybe the organization should look in the mirror and say, holy cow, how is it humanly possible we haven't been able to put Lamar in a better situation to win playoff games? It's one man on a 53-man roster. This is massive ignorance if we want to make all of these things about wins and losses a quarterback stat. It's just stupid and it's wrong. I'm still mind-boggled that he said Colin Kaepernick is better than Lamar Jackson. Colin Kaepernick has never been anywhere near the mention of an MVP award. Like, I'm just and – I, and I love Cap. I'm but just a spade I'm, is calling a, I'm calling a spade a spade. I'm waiting for the first person to call in and say you can't pay Justin Herbert because of playoff performance. When I get that call, then maybe we can let this rest. This is wild. We promise we'll get back into the Ravens. But I got to tell you about KD. Big things happened in the NBA. You got to hear why it means something for the championship next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.